I'm Andy, and this is Keep Your Eyes Wide and Stay Open. Your assumptions are your windows on the world. Scrub them off every once in a while, or the light won't come in. Isaac Asimov. The word for this post is open. Be open to unexpected guests. Be open to new ideas. Be open to being uncomfortable. Publishing a podcast regularly can be a slog sometimes. Being open to new ideas can keep things fresh in a good way. I've talked previously about striving to get 100 no's in a year. This can push you to invite more guests and to reach higher. Since May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, I decided to try something I've never done. Attempt to book four to five Asian American Pacific Islander guests. I proudly report the following no's. Margaret Cho, Ali Wong, Ronnie Cheng, and adventurer Nims Perja. Maybe Michael Paul Chan from The Closer and from Goonies. Here are my yeses so far. Etta Lau Farrell and Stephen He. If you don't know Etta, don't worry, I didn't. She's the wife of Jane's Addiction frontman Perry Farrell, a longtime dancer for the band and backup singer. She just released her debut single. It's unexpected, so I'm going with it. I'm excited to interview Stephen He. Emotional damage! About 20 of my invites remain unanswered. Failure. So I still have work to do. Wish me luck. Meanwhile, I put together a list of 31 Asian American podcasts for AAPI Heritage Month. You can find it at aapodcasters.org slash AAPI Heritage Month. Please add a few to your playlist. Monetization is always a hot topic for independent podcasters. It's doable, but can be hard. In my humble opinion, here are three ways. Number one, sponsorships. I'm not talking about MailChimp, Squarespace, or Blue Apron. Leave those to the big download shows. If you're small in your niche, you can proactively approach businesses that sell a product or service that fits your audience's needs. Price a quarterly or six-month campaign according to the value of your niche listenership, not by your number of downloads. Ask enough prospects, and you can land sponsors. Number two, affiliate marketing. This one's working for me. Again, the key is to find products or services that your listeners could use. Mention a link or code for listeners to support your podcast, and the affiliate partner will pay you a percentage of sales. Pro tip, higher ticket items can be better. My top seller is an $80 side hustle how-to manual that pays out 40%. That's much better than Amazon book links that pay a few cents. Number three, sell your own product. Because you're building trust with your listeners, you have a great opportunity to sell them things like your course or one-on-one coaching. This is a popular one because it works. It tends to be a higher ticket item too, so the potential revenue can be meaningful. Should you ask guests to pay to be on your show? This one can be controversial. John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneurs on Fire charges some guests a $3,500 appearance fee. You can place a PayPal link on your booking page requiring a guest to pay. I don't know about you, but if I were a potential guest, a surprise marketing fee would turn me off. I've heard of podcasters charging PR companies $100 to $200 to book their clients. On the higher end, I know of a podcaster who successfully offers a VIP red rope package to PR firms. For $500, PR firms get their client's episode moved up in the production schedule, social media assets like a short clip and graphics, and a guaranteed number of social posts. 
For $3,000, the PR firm can book any 10 clients. The VIP Red Rope service kind of makes sense to me. I mean, guests pay a pretty penny to PR firms to book the media appearances. Why shouldn't the podcaster get a piece? If others are charging and I'm not, am I leaving money on the table? I was so tempted to include a quote in my last email to a PR firm, but didn't do it. As much as I love watching infomercials, I don't want to host one. You've got to do what feels right for you. No judgment from me. Currently, I'm not open to that one. I followed my gut. There are lots of podcast-related news headlines right now, including Facebook shutting down its podcast platform. You'll find some links at podcastgym.com that include some personnel changes at Spotify. Separately, the shocker for me was reading about Tom Webster's plans to leave Edison Research after 18 years. If you've ever attended Podcast Movement or other podcast conferences, you've probably heard Tom deliver his state of podcasting talks. The good news is he'll be doubling down on podcasting and evolving his I Hear Things newsletter into something very exciting, broad-reaching, and ultimately useful for podcasters of every stripe. I want to share this excerpt from I Hear Things. Go to Podcast Gym to read the full post. Spotify has cast a great shadow over the podcasting space. It's made some of the biggest moves. It's locked up some of the biggest shows. And alarmingly for some, it's been the biggest mover in sequestering at least a part of the podcasting space into a closed system. Now, I'm a big believer in open podcasting, which I see as the strongest path to unlocking the incredible revenue potential of podcast advertising. But I also believe in avoiding false choices. And I also believe in embracing the fact that podcasting will and must support multiple revenue models. There are multiple paths to success here, just like TV and digital video have. I want the market for open RSS-driven podcasting to grow, but that doesn't mean Spotify has to shrink. Rooting for the failure of one of podcasting's biggest companies is not a sane choice if you're staking your future on podcasting. As you evolve your podcast, the podcast industry is evolving too. Whether it's booking guests for your show, experimenting with paths to monetization, or the debate for open RSS feeds, be sure to keep your eyes wide and stay open. For more podcasting tips, join our community at podcastgym.com and subscribe to the Podcast Stronger newsletter. Happy podcasting. Thank you.